are listening to Vantage Point Podcast, dedicated to giving godly perspective to everyday living. Let's get into this week's episode. What's going on, family? Welcome back to Vantage Point Podcast, where we give insight, keys, and perspective to daily living through the lens of God. I'm your host, Nick, and I'm so glad you're tuning in, whether it's your first time or 73rd time. I'm glad you're here. Uh, Before we jump into the series finale of Core Strength, I wanted to let you know uh, next week, June 7th, begins our bonus series for season three, and it's a reboot from a series we did last year. I mentioned it earlier, uh, Persons of Interest Summer Takeover, and for the next eight weeks, there'll be a new guest host, some familiar faces and some surprises, uh, some new ones for sure. And, and I've heard some of the episodes already. And trust me, you don't want to miss one of these episodes. And next week, we get to kick off the series with my friend, my brother, Michael Ty, all the way from Los Angeles, California. And trust me, he's got a word for you. Summer Takeover is going to take us through the month of July, and then I want you to mark your calendars on August 2nd. It's going to be a one-day series, three episodes. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be an extra bonus to the bonus series called Coach's Corner, and I have three amazing guests signed uh, signed up, and I'm not going to mention anything till we get closer. All three are going to be Awesome surprises, but I'm telling you right now, they're going to do what they do best as coaches. They're going to motivate, challenge, and inspire you to be the best you. So you don't want to miss that August 2nd. But before we get to all of that summer takeover, Coach's Corner, we need to close out the series that we've been in for the last four weeks called Core Strength. And I've been so uh, just taken aback and amazed at the response to this series. Uh, I appreciate the download, the comments, the text messages, everything. And, and each week in this series, we've looked at key areas in our Christian walk that are vital to our growth. And with each strength, as they are built up, we gain strength to be uh, strong in other areas. And just like our bodies, we've been mentioning this all series, when our core muscles are strong, we can stand upright function in other areas of our body, and perform other daily functions with our body. And a strong core uh, leads to a strong body, and our Christian walk is the same way. A strong core is the firm foundation that we build on. And today is the fifth and final episode of this series, and the core strength in this particular core strength is unique because it's how we gain knowledge about all cores, really, and about everything in this walk. And and so for the final episode of Core Strength, we're going to be looking at the power of biblical devotion. And you might be thinking, right, that that should be obvious. The Bible's our source. It's our playbook to this Christian walk. And for this episode, I really did some research and found this survey uh, that was actually taken back in 2016, and it was over the span of five years, so 21 or 2011 to 2016. And in this survey, people were asked specific questions about the Word of God. And you can see in this uh, survey over time how the view uh, of the Bible is changing or has changed and continues to change. And, and so, first, here's the good news that came out of this survey it says, uh, Most Americans believe the Bible has been more influential on humanity than any other text. A majority of young adults believe the Bible contains everything a person needs to know in order to live a meaningful life. Two-thirds of Americans believe the Bible is the actual and inspired work of God. 
almost half of Americans read the Bible at least once a month. And we're going to get into that a little bit more. And then lastly, belief in the Bible among Christians is strong across all age groups. There wasn't a group that believed it more or less, but it's a belief among Christians across all age groups. And as for the other side of that coin, um, while the Bible is the top choice when people were asked to identify a sacred text, comparing it to the Quran or the Book of Mormon or the Torah, um, the percentage of people who chose no book as sacred text actually increased in that five-year span of the survey. And, and this question, this specific question, did have a generational curve to it with 22% of millennials saying that there were there is no sacred book uh, and 18% of Generation X. And, and I came across another sp- statistic when it came to millennials, and I'm not picking on millennials, I promise, but it said that 43% of mi- millennials don't know, don't care, or don't believe God exists. And when it comes to the belief that the Bible is the right guide for living a meaningful life, the percentage of people who strongly agree with the statement has dropped from 53% to 45% in 2016. And I imagine being in 2021, I, I wonder, has it continued to go down or is it still um, staying you know, firm at 45%? Uh, the percentages of those who disagree or somewhat uh, have increased over the same uh, time frame, and that's the percentage of people who disagree strongly um, regarding the Bible as the, the way or the, the guide to meaningful life has increased over that same time frame by 10%. And the amount of American adults and teenagers who own Bibles has remained steady in that time, but the amount of people who read the Bible has definitely changed. And, and they asked another question on the survey uh, how often do people read their Bible? And, and really, this was surprising. And the, and the question was specific, not counting during church service or a church event. So this is Bible reading outside of a church function. And it said that 41% of people that took this survey said that they never read their Bible or they have at least uh, read it less than once a year, which I kind of find uh, how do you read it less than once? Because once would be zero. But anyway, um, 17% said they read it one to four times a year. 7% said once a month. 8% once a week. 14% three to four times a week. And only 13% of people said they read their Bible every day. And, and I mean, think about that. This is something that I had to realize in my own walk is that the Bible is such a vital piece to everything I do in this walk. But its vitality is only as strong, only as strong as my willingness and desire to use it. It's not enough to have my pastor or or somebody reading to me the word of God, feeding it to me. I have to have my own devotion time. Again, back to our analogy. I can have all the weightlifting equipment in in the house. I I can buy it. I can have the dumbbells, curl bars, bench press, all of it. But if I only use it once a year, if I only use it once a month or once a week, that's the benefit that I get out of it for that one day, for that one month, in that one month, in that one year. That's the benefit. But the other 364 days of the year, the other 30 to 31 days in a month or six days in a week, I didn't get any benefit from that equipment. And and, and imagine those same weights, those same thing. This is the real thing when it comes to the bible it's the same way it's how do we 
grow? How do we get strong in this strength if we only use it at church, right? We only allow it to be put in us in a church service. And and between church service, again, that's whether it's a service or, or um, like a fasting or something, that there wasn't much Bible reading in my own life. Um, and, and that was really out of a li- small desire um, to gain that knowledge. It, it was out of, this is what I know how to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. I'm a Christian. I'm supposed to read the Bible. Oh, we're fasting. Let's do our 21 days of prayer and fasting. Let me read. Or we're in church service. So pastor said, turn to this chapter, this verse. So let me do that. Let me highlight it. Let me post it on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook. So people, you know, can see, Hey, he's a Christian. He reads his Bible, but really it was relegated to only that. And it was lacking in my life to have that understanding and appreciation of God's word that I could only get through my own journey. And, you know, again, you only get out of it what you're willing and what you're willing and desiring to put into it. And again, for my own walk, it's that daily devotion that has the highest value, highest return on that investment of time, energy, because it does take that to read the Bible on a daily basis. It does take a a level of discipline. It takes an amount of time and it takes patience. And I say patience because you can't enter into an increased daily devotion and expect immediate results. There's a method to daily devotion. The Bible, it's the heart and mind of God. The more we read scripture, the more we possess his heart and mind. And God has given us an invitation to know more through his word, to know him better. And if we truly are committed to this walk, if we truly want to move to a deeper relationship, a deeper core strength, we have to get into his word daily. And I'm and I'm firm believer that a great gauge to how committed you are to growing in relationship with God is how often you read his word. And if we look into all the core strengths, there's a connecting thread that's relationship. And if we want to establish that relationship with God, how can we ever do that if we don't have a devotion, a commitment to his to his word? And, and you know I'm a quote guy, so I'm going to find quotes. And I love these three that I found. Ronald Reagan said, former president Ronald Reagan said, within the covers of the Bible, are the answers for all the problems men face. Billy Graham said it this way, if you are ignorant to God's word, you will always be ignorant of God's will. And and on this one, Charles Spurgeon is coming hard and fast and furious. It says a Bible that is falling apart usually belongs to someone who isn't. Like how many people right now listening um, have a Bible sitting on the shelf not written in, not highlighted, not used, holding up something, sitting on something, laying under something. You know, technology sometimes is a detriment uh, to, to Bible reading because we have an app for it, right? I'm, I'm guilty to pull up that app. It's still reading the word, but I'm telling you, I love a friend of mine had said this. There's something about having the word of God in your hand flipping through the pages, highlighting things, kind of staying into that traditional mindset of reading God's words. There's something about that that's so powerful in, in connecting. Nothing wrong with the Bible app, nothing at all. Technology is great, but there's something about having that book in your hand that just speaks more um, and connects you more to him. 
um, with the Bible. It, it's a true source of so many questions that have been asked. You may have asked some of these questions yourself. What's the purpose to life? Where did I come from? Is there life after death? How do I get into heaven? Why is the world full of evil? And yet those are big questions, but the Bible also gives us practical advice. How can I be a good friend? How can I be a good parent? How can I handle this life? What is success? How do I get it? How do I balance everything I deal with in life? How do I handle my anger? How do I handle sadness? How do I handle grief? All of these answers are in the Bible and we can get these insights, these keys to daily living because the Bible is God breathed, which means it's inspired by God and written by men. Um, God inspired the men who wrote the Bible and, and they're they're inspired in their words, but it's not only God breathed, but it's alive and active. Our devotion to God's word goes beyond reading. It is a book for studying so it can be applied. It is a guide to be sought after. It's a nourishment to our soul. I like this comparison someone made about studying the Bible. It can be compared to mining for gold. If we make little effort and merely sift through the pebbles in a stream, we only find a little bit of gold dust. But the more we make an effort to really dig into it, the more reward we will gain for our effort. And I love 2 Timothy 3.16. It says, again, all scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting, for training in righteousness. And Hebrews 4.12, for the living word of God, for the word of God is living and effective and sharper than any double-edged sword penetrating as far as the separation of soul and spirit joints and marrow it is able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart and, and when we think about daily devotions right that that's a phrase that's used to describe the discipline of bible reading and prayer on a daily basis this, this devotion can be through a bible plan it could be structured study guide of the bible or it could just be simply like reading passages of scripture and praying over them right Having, having daily devotion doesn't have to be difficult, right? Our moment of salvation was spiritual infancy. We just were being introduced to Jesus for ourselves and, and not through anyone in their account. But now we're at a stage in growth where we're beginning, where we are beginning our own personal journey. And, and as we get more and more into God's words, we begin to experience God's growth. And this is the moment where we allow the light of God to not only enter our spirit, but be displayed outwardly through words and actions. And Paul says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, For God, who said, let, the, let light shine out of darkness, has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. God's light shining in our hearts comes from spending time in the presence of God through his word. If we truly desire to experience the light of God in our hearts, we need to be with him every day. Someone once said the gospel brings man to God. Devotion keeps him close to God. And this is something I believe in. And again, uh, I love James 4, 8. Come near to God and he will come near to you. God does not force himself on us. There has to be a desire. And the more our desire is active, the more we get to experience real relationship. And that's the beauty of this walk after salvation. It's that our desire grows more and more as we get to know God. And it's like any relationship, a friendship, a marriage, anything like the desire to get to know them better 
allows you to understand them better and gives you the, a desire to be around them more. And, and with that comes gaining understanding. And, and having a daily devotion to God's word means we are reading God's message to us. I want you to think about this. The creator of the universe, the God who created heaven and earth, the moon, the sun, and the stars, wants to say something to us. He said something to us. He's saying something to us. And it's through his word that he's speaking to us. And it's in that daily devotion that we get to understand what God says and more pointed, what he wants to say to us. Because even though it's a message that's been around for thousands of years and it's been speaking to people day in and day out, there is a personal, personal message for you in the word of God. It's going to speak to you at your place where you are in life. Whatever that place is, whatever it looks like, whatever stage, God's word can speak to you and meet you in that moment. And we seek that understanding so many times in wrong places that the word, like think about how available the word of God is to us. And it's the only place, the only right place to seek that understanding. And when we seek understanding of the Bible, we uncover God's love for us and his desire to restore our relationship with him. We begin to understand and not just read John three sixteen. for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. When we seek to understand, we begin to see that our seeking is tied into obeying God's commands and bring honor to him and guides us and it guides us through this life we live. John 14, 15 begins to take on a new meaning. If you love me, you will keep my commands. We also begin to get the understanding that things go wrong in this world and we don't have to live with them. We don't have to accept what goes wrong. We can, you know, like a mechanic, the Bible gives us a diagnosis. It, it points out the problem. It points out the sin, but it not only does that, it points out the solution. Scriptures like 620, Romans 623 take on new meaning and, and don't serve as a scare tactic, but as words to live by. For the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Understanding the Bible gives us direction and guidance. Psalm 119 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. In Psalm 199 105, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. Seeking understanding of the Bible reveals to us the person, the glory, of God expressed in Jesus Christ. There, there's an intimacy that we get reading God's word. And, and I love John 1, uh, John 1, 8, John 1, verse 1 through 18, because it gives such a powerful, just intimate, just description of the word of God. And it says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were created through him. And apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. That light shines in the darkness, and yet the darkness did not overcome it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify about the light so that all might believe through him. He was not the light, but he came to testify about the light. 
the true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world and the world was created through him and yet the world did not recognize him. He came to his own and his own people did not receive him. But to all who did receive him, he gave them the right to be children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of natural descent or the will of the flesh or the will of man, but of God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Let that sink in. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. We observed his glory, the glory as the one and only son from the father, full of grace and truth. John testified concerning him and exclaimed, This was the one who I, whom I said, the one coming after me ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. Indeed, we have all received grace upon grace from his fullness. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, the one and only son who is himself God and is at the father's side. He has revealed him. And earlier, we, we talked about the survey results and the frequency of Bible reading um, for that was non-existent for almost 50% of the people. And when we look at this question, um, how often do you read your Bible? And, I, and that thing, just 41%, just kept jumping out at me. And it prompted a question, is, is not reading the Bible a sin? And before we go into it, and I know that's a bad word and people just get a little bit apprehensive when you say the S word, but if we define sin at the lowest common denominator, it is a deed or act that falls short of the glory of God. The word of God has stood the test of time. Principalities, demons, and the devil have tried to come against God's word. The word of God has been preserved, which tells me he desires for us to read it. And why would God inspire men to be his instruments and write this living document if he intended for us not to read it? You know, sin is a heart issue, and that's where God looks. First Samuel 16, 7 says, But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not look on his appearance or on the height of his statue, because I have rejected him. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. And here's the truth. If we aren't reading God's word because we aren't interested in what he has to say, we're guilty, we're guilty of apathy. If we aren't reading the Bible because we don't think we need to, we're guilty of pride. And if we aren't reading the Bible because we don't have time or don't see it as a priority, then we're guilty of having the wrong priority. And think about this. And this is certainly true for anybody listening in the United States. We have by far the quickest access to the Bible than many other people in the world. But we don't see it as a priority all the time. This survey tells us we don't see it as a priority. 13% of people said they read the Bible daily. And, and, and when we think about that, like we say we love God and we want to have him lead our lives, but we won't even pick up his book. We won't even pick up his word to read it on a daily basis. And it's not saying you have to read it 24-7. But feeding yourself daily the word of God is so vital to this life. And there are parts of this world, and there might be people listening to this podcast in parts of that world. 
um, that that are barely able to read it because of principalities, because of um, other things that prevent them from getting access to the word of God. And they may only get to read it once a week. They may only get to read it once a month because of fear of persecution and, and or death and they have to hide. They may only get that one moment, but we in America and other nations, whether it's Canada, Great Britain, France, have every means to access God's blueprint every day, every hour. But we wait until tragedy hits or fear hits or or we use our, our lives as, as competing priorities and say we don't have enough time or we just settle for you know, the church service or the fast every year to get our word, to get our God and, and, and feed us. Or we wait to that to get access to this. But Jesus said it like this in Luke 12, 48. But the one who did not know and did what deserved a beating will receive a light beating. Everyone to whom much was given of him, much will be required. And from him to whom they entrusted much, they will demand the more. God expects us to invest time, resources, passions in reading his word because there's an eternal value attached to it. But what will you do with the great privilege God has given you that is his word? What will you do with that access? What will we do if you're listening to this and you have the means the access, physical Bible, Bible app, written on a page, wherever it is, what will you do with the access you're given on a daily basis? And, and as I close out this episode and this series, I'm reminded of a thought I had a while back, and it's actually a question. What happens when you run out of excuses for God? Think about it. When we gave our lives to Christ, we were new. We were born again, committed to repentance, acceptance, and transformation. We were still in the stages of ignorance because we didn't know. We just met God. We just met Jesus. We might have had thoughts about him. We may have had ideas or what someone else said, but we really didn't know the level of that relationship at that time. But as we kept going in this walk, as we keep walking in this and if you're just starting this walk let me tell you the more you walk the more the excuses start to fall away the more of a desire that grows in you to know Jesus to know God to build in that relationship and in that growth we realize that we begin to own the walk it's not anyone else's responsibility for the relationship we have with Jesus Christ. Sure, our community of people keeps us accountable. They encourage us and we gain knowledge through them. We go to church and we, we get that knowledge. But beyond that, we have the opportunity to discover Christ in our own walk. And I think of the disciples uh, while they were with Jesus and each other and how they had each other, but they had their own personal experience with Jesus, their personal relationship with him. And having daily devotion into God's word gives us access to him, just like the disciples. And sure, we're not walking physically with him on earth like they did, but we have the Holy Spirit walking with us every day if we allow him to, 
if we accept that every day. We, we shouldn't use the Holy Spirit as a pickup when we walk out the door only or when we only need him in, in certain times. It should be a daily commitment, a daily walk to attach ourselves to the Spirit of God because we have a companion who can help us navigate scriptures, navigate life, provide understanding, and continue to walk in truth, knowing the Word of God is living breathing, inspired by God, and sealed in truth. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for this life you've given us. We know we don't deserve it. We don't deserve you. But you saw something in us we didn't see. You saw that even while we were sinners, you wanted relationship with us, and you gave your son, who died and rose to be for us to be with you. We have your word with us. It gives us hope. It gives us guidance. And it gives us belief that you know what's best for us. Help us see the importance of your word. Help us grow in desire for your word. Speak to us, Lord. Guide us. Lead us. We give you all the honor and glory right now, Father. All the honor, all the glory. In this moment, speak to us. Show us through your word. Show us, Holy Spirit, as we continue to grow and build our core strength. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Man, thank you, thank you, thank you for rolling with us another series. Uh, Make sure to share core strength. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Let us know how how this is helping you, not just this series, but this podcast. Uh, I, I appreciate everybody who's listening wherever you are across the country, across the globe, uh, and know that as long as you continue to seek insight, keys, and perspective to daily living through the lens of God, you're on the right path. Make sure to tune in for the next two months of Persons of Interest Summer Takeover. You don't want to miss it. We'll catch you next week on Vantage Point. Mm-hmm.